Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Uh, welcome back to the show. Toronto up 53-47 in game one of the NBA Finals. Make it a seven-point lead now. Matches their biggest lead of the game. Just over a minute to play in the first quarter. See Drake courtside. Just saw a shot of Isaiah Thomas. Everybody up north. We the north. That was uh, that's their mantra. They all had red shirts laid out over all the seats up there in Toronto tonight. It's an incredible atmosphere. College-like atmosphere. People were describing it that way, and they were right. Uh, it's fantastic. I don't always piggyback off of our new segments that lead into this, into the show, uh, but really quickly, it's just curious to me how we had a Louisiana lawmaker there in Don Ames News begging for $14 million in new tax revenue to fix roads. You just heard it two minutes ago. Uh, what happened in the Louisiana legislature two days ago? They shot down legalized sports gambling in the state of Louisiana that was projected to bring in 10 to $20 million a year. Like I said, like I told you on Tuesday, all of those lawmakers, the hypocritical lawmakers over in Baton Rouge, who by a 15 to 6 vote in that committee, the House Committee on Appropriations voting down the sports gambling bill, they would be back in short order, hands out, begging for money from us. Hmm, wonder where it could have come from absurd let's talk more lsu baseball and the baton rouge regional is set to get underway tomorrow it's arizona state and southern miss followed by lsu and stubrook and on in to talk to us about it is patrick ebert who covers college baseball for perfectgame.org patrick how you doing tonight i'm doing great how you doing pretty excited about uh, the action to kick off tomorrow Oh, yeah, me too. Uh, me too, Patrick. Uh, so what do you make of this regional? Uh, how are you handicapping it? Yeah, you, you definitely drew. The LSU fans are going to see one of the tougher regionals in the nation, I think. Uh, having having Arizona State and Southern Miss there alone is uh, pretty difficult two and three seeds for that. I mean, Arizona State at one point this year was was battling for, for a for a hosting position and, and Southern Miss, of course, is one of the one of the better mid-major programs in the nation. And, and those two teams, along with LSU, have have some very high-powered offenses, and I think the fans will be treated to some to some uh, fireworks there at Alex Box Stadium. So, uh, but up first, you know, you still got to take care of business with Stony Brook, who obviously back in 2012 pulled uh, one of the the biggest upsets in the history of college baseball, and uh, not quite the same team this year, but still, you got to take care of business. Yeah, I've I've heard most people say you don't have as much to worry about if you're LSU with Stony Brook because they're not the same team. They don't have the same first-round yeah. draft picks as they did in 2012. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah, that's a team that went something like 52 and 14. So that was a really good Stony Brook team. This year's team is somewhere in the 32 to to 22, you know, record-wise. So it's it's still a good program. You know, not trying to take anything away from what they've done, but it's not the same. So. That that year's Stony Brook team was certainly in a better position to upset than this year's club. 
Uh, Arizona State is so intriguing to me because they have just mashers up and down that lineup. They have two guys hitting over 340, and both those guys 20-plus home runs. They're, they're going to be uh, playing in the majors someday, I would think. Um, uh, but yet they struggled, Arizona State did, towards the end of the season, kind of like LSU did. I think what they lost f- their last five series uh, of the season and, and kind of collapsed after winning 21 of their first 22 games. What happened to Arizona State down the stretch? Well, I think similar to LSU, it's the pitching. You know, it's the, their staff face, even on Fridays. Alec Marsh wasn't quite the same during the second half of the season that he was during the first half, and they didn't quite have the same options to go to after Marsh in their starting rotation and even in their bullpen. And, and, and you know, that definitely took its toll. And when you don't have the pitching, you know, those problems start to compound and build up. And, and you know, I don't want to say landslide because neither team had that type of a losing streak, but it's wins became more challenging, you know, over the course of the season. And, and I think what's really important, especially for this regional with Southern Miss, Arizona state and LSU, it'll be interesting to see who goes, you know, to the losers bracket and who stays in that winner's bracket, because I think more so than usual, staying on the winning side of things is going to be huge, largely because that means you use less pitchers to, to get through games. And, Obviously, if you go through the loser's bracket, you're going to have to play one to two to possibly even three more games than what you would normally have to if you won. So that, that's crucial, I think, for Arizona State more than, more than the other teams in this, in this regional simply because they don't have that pitching, that depth of pitching to compete. It's Patrick Ebert of PerfectGame.org getting his set for the college baseball regionals that start tomorrow. Nobody's talking about Southern Miss in this region, which worries me a little bit because they were a preseason top 25 team. A lot of talent, uh, Patrick. Does, does Southern Miss, can the Golden Eagles surprise in this? Oh, definitely, yeah. And I, th- I, I just find it funny. You know, it's, it seems like last year when Arkansas seemed to be the one team that everybody seemed to forget about, and yet – they almost won the national championship. And I'm not saying that's going to happen with Southern Miss here. Uh, You know, and Arkansas, of course, still hosted both last year and this year. But Southern Miss is a very good team, very well coached. They have a very deep lineup. Uh, You know, they have a potential first-round pick in Matt Walner, uh, their outfielder who has over 20 home runs on the season. Um, And he's not alone in that lineup. It's just a very hard-hitting lineup from top to bottom. It's going to be hard to navigate through that a full game, much less a couple of innings and not get hit in some fashion. Uh, so you're going to have to be careful there. They, they have some good pitchers. They got Walker Powell, other ace. They have, uh, you know, the player, the pitcher, Gabe Shepard, that was our national pitcher of the week this past week for, for being part of a combined no hitter last week during, during the conference tournament action. So, they have some arms. They obviously have some big bats. And, and, again, this is a dangerous team. I'm actually surprised they didn't fare better during the regular season. They, they, they walked away with the automatic bid of the Conference USA by winning their conference tournament. But they didn't do quite as well during the regular season. And you got to worry a little bit that they may be peaking at the perfect time. Who do you have coming out of this Baton Rouge Regional? Uh, you know, LSU is so good in these situations. It's hard to – Hard to bet against them. And, you know, Paul Maneri is one of the best of the business. And look no further than what they did at the SEC tournament last weekend. And, you know, you mentioned before that things have been a little uh, rougher for them down the stretch. But, but you know, things – it gets the crunch time with LSU, and they always seem to rise to the occasion. And, and you just get that sense they're going to do it again here. Playing at home at Alex Box is a huge advantage for them, and the fans are obviously, you know, among the best in college baseball, if not the best in college baseball. That place is going to be loud. It's going to be a raucous crowd. 
going to be a really fun atmosphere. And I'll tell you what, if they can get a few good pitching performances out of, say, Landon Marceau and or Cole Henry and or Eric Walker, you know, to keep that bullpen fresh, you know, it, it could be a good outcome come Sunday or Monday for LSU. I can't wait for tomorrow. Let's take a look across the country, Patrick. What are some other regionals yeah. you've got your eye on? Well, I, I think Vanderbilt right now is a team a lot of te- people have their eye on simply because they're the number two seed, but I think they're kind of the easy favorite right now for national champion. Uh, just by, by how how well they've been playing, I think they're 25-2 and two over their last 27 games, uh, basically dating back to the last series they lost in early April and just how dominant they've been in all phases of the game. And, you know, they don't necessarily have lights out pitching, but the pitching has been – pretty darn good and it keeps a really really dynamic offense in games uh you look at ucla on the west coast and they're in the same boat they didn't lose a single weekend series all year long and and i think you just want to see uh that that they continue to have that success i think on the flip side further north of ucla is stanford and stanford hasn't advanced past the regional round in the last uh, i think since 2014 and they got they got dealt a really really tough group of teams coming there they have UC Santa Barbara, who could have hosted before losing their last weekend of the regular season. And they have Fresno State as a three seed, who, who easily and probably should be a two seed. So that's going to be one of the more difficult regionals, along with what LSU has ahead of them at Baton Rouge this weekend. i got to ask about Oregon State. They always seem to make a run, but they are not a top eight seed, so they'd have to go to UCLA if they both come out of it. Is, is Oregon State any kind of threat this year? Oh, definitely, yeah. I mean, just the defending national champions. And they have the best player in the nation in Adley Rushman, their catcher, uh, who is projected to be the first overall pick in Monday's draft. Just a phenomenal kind of a generational talent, just what he brings to the table. And, and we've had a few scouts that have seen him, and that they say pretty much unanimously that, that Rushman is as good, if not better, defensively than what he is offensively. And he is an incredible offensive talent, which just kind of speaks to the overall profile there. Now they are a little dinged up on the pitching side of things, and that has been their strength all season. And they, they too drew a pretty tough crowd with Creighton and Michigan coming to Corvallis. So they definitely have their work cut out for them. But if any team's going to advance and overcome those odds, it's Oregon State who continually do it year after year. It's Patrick Evert who covers college baseball for perfectgame.org. They do a fantastic job of covering college baseball there. Be sure you check out that website every single day during these regionals, perfectgame.org. And you can follow Patrick on Twitter at PGPatrickEbert. Patrick, always appreciate the time, man. Enjoy these regionals this weekend. It's going to be a blast this weekend. Take care. All right, there he goes, Patrick Ebert. Halftime in the NBA Finals, and the Raptors have extended to their biggest lead of the game. We'll give you an update when we come back. It's the last lap, continuing our road show from Gallup, New Mexico tonight on WWL. Oh, I love this song. Little Johnny Cash. I feel like I've been everywhere. <laughs> in Gallup, New Mexico, a little... Last lap road show. What a gorgeous area this is. I mean, it, it, it's it's one of the most American landscapes in our country. Just incredible. I, I just had a chance uh, this afternoon before I started prepping for the show and doing some stuff for the website to, to get out and, and just kind of drive. I literally drove on a little dirt road kind of into the hills here, um, had some Navajo flatbread and, and went up and just kind of Turned off my cell phone and and took in took in the sights. It was fun. It was real fun.
If you ever have a chance just to drive out Route 66, do it. I, I mean, really. But I am somebody who loves road trips to probably an unhealthy level. NBA Finals, 59-49 Raptors leading the Warriors. Ten-point Raptors lead. That's their biggest of the game, and they extended it towards the end of that second quarter. 13 points for Steph Curry. Klay Thompson with nine, but nobody else doing much. Draymond has six points. This is the series where it looks like they might miss Kevin Durant. I just don't have that third score to match up against this very good Raptors defense. Kawhi Leonard struggled for the most part in that first half. Did have a three-point play towards the end of the second quarter. Just two of seven from the floor, four rebounds, no assists, no steals, no blocks for Kawhi. Very uncharacteristically quiet game for him, especially considering this postseason. So a 10-point Raptors lead as they head into the second half. Saints had an OTA practice today where the media was allowed in, and they got a taste and a view of some spirited action out there. We've got a story on our website about what happened, a little fisticuffs. Nah, fisticuffs is the wrong word. But Michael Thomas and Eli Apple getting into it a little bit. Thomas catching a pass, and they immediately throwing the ball in Eli Apple's face. Apple didn't really reciprocate or retaliate, and because he didn't, Aaron Glenn, the secondary coach, got in Eli Apple's face and said, hey, what are you doing? Give it back to him. Throw it back to him next time that happens. Sean Payton was asked about it after his uh, post-game, after the, the practice, I should say, in his post-game press conference. And uh, he said, quote, there's a, there's a fine line you want the competition, and it's back to the initial question without pads. There's that point where you've got to acquiesce a little bit relative to being safe and smart. We have enough guys that have been through this and understand it, but the competition is critical. That's an end quote, and, and I agree with them here. In the new rules of the NFL, where you have such limited contact in the offseason, in these practices, the OTAs, the mini camps, the rookie mini camps, and limited and sometimes it's non-existent, that it can be a little hard to get the players continually focused on improving themselves and improving the team. Sean Payton is a master at motivation. Remember the, the money that he wheeled out before that NFC Championship game? And, and frankly, the Saints should have won that game. It wasn't for the officials. So his motivation probably worked. Um, he's also talked previously, last few years, about the spiritedness in OTAs and minicamps and how he likes it and how he likes players to walk up to that line and not cross it. And, and I agree with him here. I think it's good. I think it's healthy. I think as long as nobody's getting hurt and also as long as there's no locker room fracturing going on, I think it's fine. I think it's more than fine. Michael Thomas has been a standout at camp, and frankly, we knew he would be. Remember, he's entering that contract year where he and the Saints are, and representatives in the Saints are in these negotiations to possibly extend him and make him the highest paid receiver in the National Football League. You've got to wonder if the Saints are going to do that. We've been over that before. But he has motivation to have his best season of his career coming up. And that's going to be tough to do considering the three years that he's had with the Saints. But he's one of the best players in the NFL. He looks it. He looks as in shape as he's ever been. Sean Payton said exactly that today. He's in sync with Drew Brees. And now he's turned from young guy to mentor to some of these other young receivers. It's like Traquan Smith, little Jordan Humphrey. Even a guy like Cameron Meredith, who is M Michael Thomas's uh, senior, 
but he hasn't been on the field like Michael Thomas has the last couple of years. So now Michael Thomas turning mentor even to some of the guys who are uh, his veteran. It's really going to be cool watching his career progress and play out. Now, on the opposite side of that, this isn't a Saints story, but I thought it was interesting today again where we had Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, not showing up to Browns camp, and then Freddie Kitchens, the rookie head coach, again having to comment on this in the postgame press conference. Odell Beckham Jr. being traded from the Giants to the Browns. He doesn't have the rapport with Baker Mayfield. He doesn't have the chemistry with his fellow wide receivers and his quarterbacks on that roster, nor his head coach and play caller. So you'd like a guy like that, who's the highest paid receiver in the league, to be there taking every snap at every moment that he can to get in sync with those guys. Well, once again, and this is the problem that people have with Odell. And some people think it's unfair criticism. I don't think it's unfair criticism. I think this is completely in the, in the boundaries of fair criticism. If you're making that kind of money and you're expected because of that salary and because of your stature in the NFL, really one of the faces of the league, you're expected to conduct yourself a certain way. Where the young guys come into the league, the guys on the roster around you look up to you and say, hey, he does it the right way. He's setting an example for us. Well, not showing up to these camps isn't doing that. And then Odell on Twitter today was tweeting out some ads for Nike. In the middle of all this, it's just not a good look. And this is the kind of stuff that, that people have criticized Odell Ford before. And... Certainly down here, we have so much love for him because he's from LSU, because he's from Newman, because we've seen him and watched him grow up and evolve into this transcendent type of player. Uh, we root for him. But he's got to be better. If he wants to be remembered, truly, as one of the great receivers in NFL history, he's not there yet. Everybody acts like Odell's there yet. No, he had a great catch. He's had some very good young seasons. But he doesn't have a legacy yet. A legacy isn't your salary. Becoming the highest paid receiver in the NFL isn't a legacy. At least I would assume that's not one that Odell wants. Odell's got to show up to these. Eight-point lead for the Raptors, beneficiary of a pretty bad call on Andrew uh, Iguodala during that last uh, segue, last sequence, I should say, as we segued back to the show. Um, now nine-point lead, two free throws good for the Raptors. Uh, Steph's been really good in this game, as he has throughout the playoffs, especially especially when uh, Kevin Durant has gone out. We've got 16 points now for Steph Curry. Uh, another three there, and then a missed shot by Toronto. No, that one went in, rolled around and went in, so it's 67-58. to 58. Warriors usually have runs in the third quarter. 18 points now for Steph as he leads all scores in this game, 10 points for Draymond, 9 for Klay Thompson, although he's had a, an off night uh, from the floor. Another turnover, it looks like, from Golden State. Now they're going to call it out off of Toronto, so it'll be Warriors ball once again. Carter Bryant coming on into the show for his weekly spot now at Carter the Power, host of the Carter Bryant Show on 107.1 FM and stand-up comic Twitter uh exceptional extraordinary user at Carter the Power. What's going on, buddy? What's up, Seth? How is life going? Uh, you know, I'm on a road trip, man. We're doing a little road show. I'm in Gallup, New Mexico, down on Route 66, channeling my inner George Straits as I uh, crisscross nice. the country. 
Nice. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, George Strait. I'm trying to think of my favorite George song. I Got a Car is a good one. That's one of his newer ones. Um, God, I, I, I don't know. I'm drawing a blank on some of my favorite George. Obviously, Amarillo by Morning is up there. but um, I was blasting yeah, that as I went through Amarillo, great. man. I was I was blasting yeah, that uh, song as I went through. Yeah, yeah. I didn't come up from to, San Antonio. Though. I, I know that you do. Yeah. You have you do George on your station. I think you have you do country music on one of your stations, right? Yeah. Well, I used to do country music. I did for five years, and it was funny. the The first day I did a country music show, I had actually walked in. They gave me a sports job. The sports show wasn't ready, so they needed someone to do the country music show that day. It was my first day. I walked into work. Never listened to a country song in my life. <laughs> I just knew Reba McIntyre had red hair. That's all I told them. And uh, I went in there, and the rest is history, man. That, that first country show was just horrible. I was like, who's Garth Brooks? Who names our kid Garth? What is this? So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, man, I love it. Now I'm a country music fan. I love it. Hey, we're, we're brothers in in the country music industry. I'm not a huge country fan at all. Like, I, I, I'm, a fan, I'm not a fan. I'm not a hater. I'm just I don't listen to it. But my first job was also at a country station, doing voice tracked yeah. overnight shows at Cat Country ninety three point seven in Spokane, Washington. When I was in college, I like commuted. I don't know, must have been an hour and a half up just so I could get some airtime, you know. And country music, what I didn't really like. <laughs> so, yeah, and the, the thing is. The thing is, Bayou Country Superfest was just past, was this past weekend. I know they had it in the dome a year, but I mean, it's a big deal. You, you'd be shocked because I went three years in a row, and Bayou Country actually invited me to come down there, and I went I went there three years in a row, and people to this day still hit me up for tickets all the time. They're like, "Hey, can you give me the Superfest tickets? I want to go get drunk, put some denim jeans on, and uh, get in a fight." So, yeah, that, that's basically it. <laughs> well, that, that's a very cliche way to look at country. <laughs> I'm going to leave that one alone. <laughs> country music fans. Uh, 50,000 people over there, though, in, in Tiger Stadium. I bet they had alcohol sales in Tiger Stadium for that, Carter. And they're still debating yeah, this. I, I, I saw Peter Burns, who I love Peter Burns. He's a friend of the show. But Peter Burns is even now saying, oh, we shouldn't have alcohol at SEC games. Come on, Peter. Yeah, I know. So here's the thing is – People are going to drink a lot at games, and they normally drink so much that they shouldn't be driving home anyway. So for the people out there that say, well, this is going to make even more dangerous driving, well, most people actually drink anyway. And whenever you drink just a few, you shouldn't be driving anyway. And, you know, this is a profitable business. You know, you sell beer and increase profits all around and increase its revenues. And I mean, we're adults. I mean, we have this everywhere else. Don't serve in the fourth quarter. It's that simple. So yeah, I, I don't, I don't get what the big pushback is on this. Um, I, I talked about this on my show today. One for one game, one game as a fan, I decided to just get hammered drunk just to see what it was like. Literally that was just it. I was like, I'm going to go, just get plastered. Seth, I went to the game, and with no other beers to drink, I started crashing so hard midway through the second quarter. I remember it was LSU versus Mississippi State, and that was because I had to quit drinking. And once you lose that buzz, there's nothing worse in the world. So I understand people pushing back because, obviously, the more you drink at the game, 
more tomfoolery will happen, more fights will happen. But that should be monitored anyway, and I think there's a fair number of fights. I don't know how much more uh, mischief's going to happen just by selling beers at games. So I think they should allow it, and I think it should happen now. Yeah, and then go ahead and put some sports betting kiosks over there. While you're at it, Louisiana, <laughs> Carter Bryant right now, here. Right now, host of the ahead. Carter Bryant Show. What do you make of that, Carter? This failure of the legislature to pass what everybody thought was it was a sure thing heading into the legislative session, and that's legalizing sports betting in, in Louisiana. Well, it's all politics. That's all this basically is. Um, I believe elections are coming up, and – with politicians, you never want to give people a reason to not vote for you when it's something as edgy as sports gambling might be. And that's the same thing with weed. You know, there's still a lot of politicians that I think most people around the country have, like, turned their ideas towards the, uh, the stigma, the negative stigma around weed. But people still fear those few people that really pushed back against it. And I think the same thing happened here. I, I think the politicians that went in there to vote for it were simply scared of what people would think of their vote. And that's why they went against it. And even though Mississippi is fine with it, even though we have sports gambling and people can still just do it online, it makes no sense that you can't just go into Harris or just anywhere, just place a wager. It's a free country. Why can't we have this? Yeah, I don't really understand it. This is a, a complete non-sequitur here, but I just saw the new Terminator trailer. had Linda Hamilton, the original Sarah Connor in it, and Arnold's in it. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen this. That that looked good, dude. Like, I'm all – give me a Terminator, you know, some of the original cast. I'm all in, bro. I'm all in. That looked really good. I don't know if you saw that or not. Yeah, I'm, not a, big I'm not a big – yeah, I'm not a big Terminator guy, but I will say this. Arnold – I'm sure you saw that video – of that guy just trying to drop kick Arnold Schwarzenegger. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, he was overseas somewhere, okay, right? so, New Zealand, I think. And, and, he, and he didn't budge. He did not budge at all. And that, to me, shows the awesomeness of Arnold. So, yeah, heck yeah, new Terminator, bring it on. Yeah, I, by the way, I thought you were a child of the 90s, so not being a Terminator fan is a little weird to me, Carter. Yeah, I know, man. I I don't know. I, I never really sat through and watched E.T. I I've, I don't remember the last time I've watched Back to the Future. So, yeah, man, I, and and I, I'm just uh, I'm not as pop and as cool as you are. You see, you're Mr. Pop Culture. Like, you're everything. You're like, I'm going to a Lady Gaga show, and I'm going to watch yeah. Rugrats. Like, like <laughs> I, I'm, I, I, I'm not quite too – the pop culture level. My my brother was more into all of that. So, um, so yeah, I I know a little bit, but you know, growing up, I was just boring. <laughs> I am going to that concert on Saturday, by the way, over at the MGM Grand in Vegas. So yeah, I'll, a full report so, so, uh, coming to everybody. So when are you leaving? Oh, I'm on the road, man. It's been the the last lap road show oh, yeah. all week long. So I am in. Yeah. I'm in Gallup, New Mexico, staring at Route 66 as we speak with the NBA Finals uh, off to the side as I do the show. Okay, that's right. Yeah, you already you already went across. You know what? I would have totally gone with you on this trip, but I, I have my big showcase here in South Arkansas tomorrow, so should be a 
should be interesting. You know, you know, it's weird. One of the comics is actually a uh, he's an ESPN radio host uh, in in Houston. So it's weird. I'm, I'm doing a show tomorrow with a fellow sports radio host and comedian. So we'll we'll we'll, we'll see how it goes. But have fun. What's his name? I got probably. Man. I might know. I might know him at least. His, his name's uh, Barry Laminac, and uh, he is okay, hilarious. Yeah. He is hilarious on on Twitter, and I've actually never seen him do a set. And I'm I, I book my own showcase, whatever. And normally I like to see people perform live before I book them. Um, <clears throat> but uh, but Barry's pretty good. I'm um, just from doing the, the videos I've seen on YouTube and whatnot. So uh, it should be a raucous night in in Arkansas. But but the the funny thing is is. Whenever you talk to another sports radio host, you just want to talk about sports radio. How do you stack your show? What do you What do you do? And he just told me, I just go out there and I just I just do the daggone thing. And you do you're doing the, the thing too, man. So so you're, you're driving out to Vegas, and wait. So where in New Mexico are, are you before Albuquerque? No, this is after Albuquerque. I went through Albuquerque, and I've been doing a little oppo this week. So I've been sleeping during the day, uh, kind of waking up during the show and then driving at night just because it's easier to drive. So I drove through Amarillo and then Albuquerque kind of early this morning into, I don't know, I got in here, what, about 10 a.m. local time? That would be 11 o'clock central time. And, yeah, a little Gallup, 20,000 people in Gallup, New Mexico. I've driven this route out to Vegas, I think, three times previous times before this so i kind of know this route like the back of my hand but i will tell you this is the truth carter and everybody listening it's it's one of the most american beautiful american americana landscapes that you could find like right here it's kind of that that sandstone the cactus um the, the, the kind of the rolling hills high deserts i mean it's it's beautiful i actually turned off all my you know, electronics and just drove literally up on a dirt road into the hills when I got here. Uh, had me a little Navajo flatbread and enjoyed the heck out of it. Like, <laughs> I, I, you got to do it. Yeah, and you saw the chalk outline of of, of where Walter and Hank, where where Hank had his final <laughs> Brett. Now I'm joking. For, for my breaking bad. <laughs> well, that's on. So that's on this there. route, actually. So uh, to Jahali is uh, the Indian Reservation where, I mean, look, spoiler alert, six years later. I mean, come on, if you haven't seen the show yeah, yet. Yeah, come on. But, uh, yeah, where Hank, Hank and Walter kind of have their final scene is on a reservation. And you actually pass that exit, and you can see where oh, people wow. get out of their cars and go, like, on the side of the freeway, which is dangerous as hell, and step over. And they want to get, you know, a selfie in front of this freeway sign to, to Jahali. And Albuquerque is still going but you haven't. You yeah, didn't watch Breaking Bad, right? No, no, I did. And when I went to Albuquerque for comedy a few years ago, I went to every Breaking Bad site. I went to the house. I went to the car wash. I went everywhere. Uh, I went to Hank's house. And, uh, guy, it was just – went to Walter's house, too. It, it was just incredible. And it is one of the most beautiful drives. I know it's just random New Orleans radio. You know, it's like, wait, New Mexico? Yes. The drive <laughs> to Vegas where you go through New Mexico, you drive through Texas. It's a lot of middle of nowhere, but it is so beautiful. And if you plan it right, you can go to the Grand Canyon. You can go to the Alien Crater. You'll, you'll, you'll be passing through the Hoover Dam, so it's pretty cool. Yep, yep, I got the Hoover Dam, and then I'm going to go on my way back. I think I'm going to hit the Grand Canyon. I've actually never been to the Grand Canyon. Uh, yeah, so that's going to come be my trip. Um, 
uh, what is nine-point you know, lead in the NBA Finals. Uh, one sports question here during our 15-minute segment. So who you got in these finals, man, uh, regardless of it looks like uh, Toronto? Um, well, still a lot of time left. I'm still going Golden State in the sweep. They're going to come back. They're going to win tonight. Golden State, they sweep this thing, and uh, KD's going to the Knicks. So I'm pretty excited about that. Man, there you go. Uh, Carter, always appreciate it, man. And uh, next time, you and me, road trip, uh, random middle of nowhere, Navajo country in uh, New Mexico, all right? All right, buddy. Sounds good. All right. Carter Bryant, at Carter the Power on Twitter. Follow him there. And, of course, has daily radio show on 107.1 FM, 1400 AM. We'll take a break. NBA Finals update coming back here. Roadshow, last lap, WWL. You got a suggestion for my – Road trip playlist. There's a little RHCP Red Hot Chili Peppers for road tripping. It's on my playlist. Give me some suggestions. Text them to me or tweet them to me. 870-870. And uh, you can find me on Twitter, at Seth Dunlap. Golden State staying within striking distance but not really gaining any ground. It is a seven-point and a three-pointer no good. So it stays seven-point lead for the Toronto Raptors, 79-72 to in the third quarter. Three minutes to play. Got a text earlier at 878.70 from the 3-1-8. And then again, what's the halftime score to the Warriors? Uh, usually not much, but Toronto has withheld and withstood this typical third-quarter run from the Golden State Warriors. Kawhi Leonard buries the three there, so it's back to an eight-point lead with 2.44 to play. We'll take another break. We'll come back with more and its open lines. Pretty much rest of the show now for you. Love to hear from you. We can talk about whatever you want. 504-260-1870. That's uh, 504-260-1870. Text line is 870-870. And, uh, well, actually, no breaks the uh, rest of the hour. So we just got to keep it right here. There's another three from Kawhi. It's also no good. And another rebound for the Golden State Warriors. So they're back trying to cut into this league. I got a couple of suggestions coming in. Here's one from the 504. Can I suggest Born to Wonder by Rare Earth? Do I know that one? I feel like I should know that one. I'm not sure I do. I'll have to listen to that one during the next break. Our Blue Runner Gumbo opinion poll at WWL.com. Who wins the NBA Finals, Raptors or Warriors? Surprising to me, most of our audience saying Raptors. About 65% of the vote going to the Raptors right now, 35% to the Golden State Warriors. Steph Curry continues to add to his totals tonight. There's a free throw from Steph, 25 points. He's 4 of 8 from 3, a perfect 9 of 9 from the floor. Three rebounds, couple of assists, one steal. As he didn't really fill up the stat sheet with those numbers tonight, but he is the leading scorer in this basketball game, and it's back down to a six-point lead because, of course, Steph Curry, he doesn't miss a free throw. Tomorrow, the NCAA Baton Rouge Regional begins in Alex Box Stadium. The Tigers are hosting, of course, the other teams, Stony Brook, Arizona State, Southern Miss. It's ASU and Southern Miss in the opening game, and then it's LSU against Stony Brook tomorrow. And the pregame will begin at 5.30. Before that, we're going to have a special LSU Regional pregame show with Christian Garrick and Jeff Palermo. That'll be from 4 o'clock to 5.30 tomorrow. First pitch at 6 o'clock, so the LSU Network pregame show from 5.30 to 6 right here on WWL. also want to remind everybody, and we got some tweets about this over the weekend, but we have a new lineup on Saturdays on WWL. It begins this Saturday. You can start your weekend with expert money advice at 7 a.m. on Saturday with your money. 
and they'll get into your retirement. Then at 8 a.m., it's the Rick Edelman Show, the most acclaimed financial advisor in America. Rick with real advice about all things money. 9 o'clock, Dan Gill. New time for Dan Gill, the plant doctor is in. If you have questions about your lawn or garden, Dan has answered. Then at 11 o'clock, it's Paul LaGrange. So for the last decade or so, Paul LaGrange has been 10 to noon on Saturdays. Well, now he's going 11 to 1. Uh, So it'll be the home improvement show from 11 to 1. Of course, Paul is a construction consultant who specializes in energy efficiency. And then at 1 o'clock, it's the Saturday edition of the food show with Tom Fitzmore. So that's kind of our new lineup. And you can find this new lineup on our website at WWL.com. Now, this weekend it's going to get thrown all out of whack because of the LSU baseball region. Well, we hope the next few weekends it's going to get thrown out of whack because that means LSU is still playing baseball into the Super Regionals, perhaps into the College World Series. So you're going to have to check with us as we continue to kind of watch that all played out. There is a three from the right corner from Kavon Looney. And it's now a four-point game, a four-point lead for the Raptors. This is their smallest lead of the second half. That was a big three by Looney. Now he commits a foul on the other side. He doesn't like it. Raptors fans going wild. Drake's been a little bit nonchalant today. And there were reports that the NBA had been in contact with Drake saying he has to tone down his antics on the sideline. As he was standing up, he was hugging coaches. Um, he was disrespecting other players. Giannis Antetokounmpo, I know Drake and him are going back and forth at it on the sidelines. And and, uh, a lot of people went to the race card there saying, well, they never would say this um, if the guy was, you know, a white guy. Uh, Look, I think you know where I stand on stuff like that. But but this time the race card just didn't need to be played there. Uh, Drake had crossed the line of sideline decorum. And it is obvious to me that he got a talking to because I don't care who you are or how much money you have or what celebrity status you have, uh, you cannot walk onto a court during game action. You can't give bear hugs to head coaches while the game is going on. So Drake had to step back a little bit. Um, And he is, at least today. Probably the most prominent celebrity on the sidelines since Spike Lee and the Knicks in the 90s. Some people would go to Jack Nicholson. And Jack, of course, during those Lakers runs, late 90s, early 2000s, and their second run, the later thousands, uh, he was on the sideline a lot. So he was pretty prominent, but uh, probably have to go back to Spike. There's another three. Is that Kawhi again? I didn't see who that was. But another three for Toronto. So the lead's back up to seven. So right when Golden State had cut it down and they get it back to seven, Draymond misses the three. And now the Raptors get a chance to walk it up and get the last shot of the third quarter. That was a big, big sequence for the Toronto Raptors. Golden State smelled blood, and Toronto had the answer. Maybe that's the difference for Toronto in this series is they do have the answer. Most teams have not had that answer to these typical Warriors third-quarter runs. Oh, that's a terrible turnover by Toronto, stolen away by Sean Livingston. He heaves it up full court. That won't go, but Toronto wastes an opportunity to get it back to a double-digit lead there. So they'll go to the fourth quarter with Toronto leading 88-81. to And Toronto, one quarter away from winning game one of this series. Again, I'm on record. I said Toronto wins this game one, but I think the Warriors, I have the Warriors in five, so that means Toronto wins game one and the Warriors would win the next four. We'll see how it plays out. One more hour of our road show here on The Last Lap. Coming back, we will have... 
Scott Alexander to talk a little NBA Finals and NOLA Gold Rugby. And then we'll replay our conversation with Ralph Michaels out in Vegas. We talked NFL future bets, state Super Bowl odds, and some bets you can make on the NBA Finals. It's all coming back. And open lines for you all in the 10 o'clock hour. I'm Seth Dunlap. This is WWL. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.